focusing on how we can experience more of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. So in this journey, we're walking through a book that, that I've written. It's called More. Um, it's available at the 15th Street Bookstore or the West Campus or, Zo- or Zoe's Lobby. Um, in addition, we have over 100 small groups that are going through this material together. And you can find out more about those groups at uh, the website, morethespirit.com. And also at that website, you can watch a video that we're doing every week, doing a, just a short video, some things on my heart, maybe that aren't in the message itself, but some things on my heart regarding that topic. And so you can also uh, watch those at morethespirit.com. And let me, let me just strongly encourage you to consider attending the Quiet Waters event that was mentioned earlier, October 9th and 10th. What a powerful way to experience the Holy Spirit. Imagine being able to spend that much time, that amount of time in the, in the, in the Lord's presence. It's going to be a great thing. So, you know, really in this season, we're just, we're just wanting to do all we can to create environments where we can grow in our relationship with the Spirit. And I am so excited about what God is doing in our lives during this 40-day season. I, I sense that we as a church family are uh, just in a season of openness to the Spirit, and there's an excitement about growing in what it looks like to experience Him, which is really cool. Because experiencing the Spirit is normal Christianity. We don't need to be afraid of Him or settle for a polite but distant relationship with Him. We can experience Him in real ways. Well, I'm super excited about the topic we're focusing on this week. We're going we're gonna to talk about something that is such a huge blessing in my life and I know will be in yours as well. It's a critical part of experiencing the Spirit, and that is hearing the Spirit's voice. Learning how to hear God's voice. I mean, any close relationship involves two-way communication. But often our relationship with God, in our relationship with God, we settle for one-way communication where we do all the talking. Well, as we're going to see today, the Spirit of God longs, the Spirit of God within us longs to communicate with us. And as we learn to hear his voice, our relationship with him is going to deepen in in significant ways. So let's talk about how we can hear the Spirit's voice. We're going to focus our attention on Jesus' words in John chapter 10, verse 27. So if you have your Bible or your iPad or your smartphone or whatever, feel free to turn there. John chapter 10, verse 27. This one verse It's a very short verse, and yet it communicates so much to us about this particular subject. So let's look at this. In fact, let's read this out loud together at all of our campuses here. Read this out loud together, John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. This is God's word. Now, in this verse, we discover three essential elements involved in hearing God's voice. If we want to grow in in hearing the Spirit speak, these things are absolutely critical. The first is expectancy. Expectancy. Do we expect to hear the Spirit's voice? This is absolutely huge. If we don't expect the Spirit to speak, we won't hear him. Even if he is speaking. I remember a year ago, I was in the Knoxville airport waiting for my luggage. I waited and waited. I realized I'm the only one standing here, you know, so I had no luggage. And so I went to the customer care counter and, and, the guy, and I told the guy my name. And, and he immediately said to me, man, we knew your luggage didn't make the flight. I've been calling your name on the intercom, the airport intercom for the last 20 minutes so that we could expedite this process. 
I mean, there, there I was in this airport with my name being spoken over and over again on the intercom, and yet I never heard it. Why? Because I wasn't expecting it. His words were, you know, on the intercom were just background noise to me. You see, for a lot, of, a lot of us as Christians, we don't expect God to speak to us. We, we don't expect that the Spirit may want to speak something directly and personally to our hearts. But look again at Jesus' words. My sheep listen to my voice. This, this sheep-shepherd analogy is so powerful. I mean, for one thing, his words here remind us that he wants to speak to us. Shepherds communicate with their sheep. They have to. They, and this is an essential part of what they do. They guide them. They lead them by speaking to them. Everyone in Jesus' day knew that. They knew how the shepherd sheep thing works. So Jesus here is describing this close relationship where he knows us and he wants to communicate with us. I mean, that, that's clearly his heart. He, as the good shepherd, he speaks to his sheep. And notice also which sheep. He doesn't say, a few of my sheep may occasionally hear my voice. Right? This is really, you know, only, only this really special sheep can hear me. That's not what he says. His words are clear. My sheep listen to my voice. Every one of my sheep can hear me speak. This is the birthright of every believer in Jesus. He is speaking to us and we can hear his voice. But again, the critical question is this. Do we expect him to speak? I think, I think for a lot of us, the answer is no. We don't live with this expectancy that God will speak to us. Now, why is that? Maybe we were taught that God doesn't speak this way anymore. Once the Bible was done, God doesn't speak this way anymore. Or perhaps some of us have subconscious, subconsciously bought into the lie that, that, that hearing God speak is reserved for super spiritual people. You know, people like, like Moses or the Apostle Paul or Billy Graham or Mother Teresa or whatever. I mean, you know, only, only a select few of super spiritual types can hear God speak. But that is patently false. Nowhere in Scripture are we told that God only speaks to a select few. I mean, the Bible is filled with examples of God speaking to normal, ordinary people like you and me. I mean, sure, the, the big guns like Moses and Paul heard God's voice, but we also have people like Philip. Philip, in, in, in um, Acts chapter 8, verse 29, Philip is not an apostle, He's just an ordinary follower of Jesus who is involved in, in ministry. So in verse 29, we read these words. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. The Holy Spirit spoke to Philip, giving specific direction. Or what about Simeon in, in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 26? I mean, Simeon was not a religious leader. This is the only place we read about him. He, he was not a teacher in the synagogue. He was an ordinary guy, an older gentleman, ordinary guy who was devoted to God. And so in verse 26 of Luke chapter 2, we read, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. 
moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Notice, the Spirit, first of all, the Spirit revealed to him that he would see the Messiah before he, before he died. And then one day, the Spirit prompted him. He was moved by the Spirit. The Spirit spoke to him to go to the temple courts right then. And when he, when he did that, when he went to the temple courts, what happened? He met Jesus as a baby. He met Jesus. The Bible reveals that the Spirit speaks to ordinary people. These guys were not apostles. They, they were not prophets. They, they, they were just, just like you and me. They're just like you and me. Hearing the Spirit speak to us is normal Christianity. This is normal Christianity. So for some of us here, really, for some of us here, the biggest barrier to our hearing the Spirit speak to us is our level of expectation or lack of expectation. We don't really expect the Spirit to speak to us. Maybe he speaks to others, but not to us. And as long as we believe that, we will struggle to hear God speak. But when we shift our expectations, when we realize that the Spirit within us wants to speak to us, it opens a door for a deeper, more engaging and personal relationship with God. I remember having a, a conversation with a, with a friend who was all excited about this theologian that she had been reading, and, and she loved his perspective on this whole idea of discerning God's will and how we discern God's will. And th- this guy basically said, God gave us the Bible and our brains, and we shouldn't expect him to speak to us personally beyond those two things. Look at a principle, you're trying to make a decision, look, at it, look for a principle in the Bible and then use your brain to make a decision. And I, you know, I thought to myself, when I heard this, I thought to myself, man, how, how incredibly impersonal. I mean, is that, is that all we should expect in our relationship with God? Read this book and use the brain I gave you. See you later. Is that all we should expect? No, I mean, the the Spirit of God lives within us. He longs to communicate with us. I mean, last week we saw in Romans chapter uh, 8, Paul saying that the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. He is testifying to us. He is speaking words. He is speaking to us words of love and affirmation which is exactly what we'd expect him to do. This is a love relationship, for goodness sake. Lovers communicate. I can't imagine a Christianity in which the Spirit is not speaking to us personally. And thankfully, the New Testament can't imagine that either. It encourages us to expect the Spirit to speak to us. Well, in addition to expectancy, a second critical aspect in our ability to hear the Spirit speak is attentiveness. Attentiveness. Look again at Jesus' words in John 10, verse 27. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I mean, how many of us realize that there is a big difference between hearing and listening? Big difference. They are, they're similar, but there's an important distinction. To, to hear speaks broadly of simply perceiving sound, right? We hear the train whistle. 
we hear a siren. The, the sound comes to our ears. It requires nothing of us. We just hear it. But to listen means to intentionally be attentive. In, in August, uh, some of you may remember, we spent an entire message talking about how to be a good listener how to be attentive to people. We talked about how so often in conversations with people, we're looking at our phone, we're texting, you know, we're checking out the ESPN score on the TV in the restaurant. We are often so bad at, at being attentive to people. But when, we're, when we are attentive, when we're focused on them, and what they're saying, when that happens, we, are, we then are truly listening to them. And it pours life into our relationship. It's not just that we're hearing them while we're doing something else. No, we are listening to them. And it pours life into our relationship with them. We're opening our heart to this person. That's the language we, we looked at in August. And the same thing is true in our relationship with God. This listening thing with God doesn't just happen automatically. Listening to God involves our attentiveness. Our attentiveness to him. We open our heart to him. Same principle applies. Horizontally, vertically. Same principle applies. See, a lot of times, I I think we have this assumption that if God is going to speak to us, it will be so incredibly obvious that we can't miss it. It's going to be a lightning bolt from heaven, you know, letters written across the sky, or perhaps an audible voice, you know, from heaven. Now, granted, God could certainly do that, and he has at times in history, but it is not the primary, typical way that he speaks. God typically speaks to us in a way that requires some attentiveness on our part. It requires us to listen, to be attentive to his voice. We saw earlier on that that video announcement a vivid portrayal of Elijah who in 1 Kings 19 was longing for God to speak. And as he waited, there was a huge and powerful wind that shattered rocks. But Elijah discovered that God wasn't in the wind. And then there was this earthquake the Lord wasn't in that either. And then there was a fire, but God wasn't in that. And then we read, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. The Lord was in the whisper. What do we instinctively do when someone whispers to us? What do we instinctively do when someone whispers to us? We lean in, right? We lean in. We know the only way we're going we're gonna to hear them is by being attentive to them. God most often speaks to us, not in the dramatic, but rather in a gentle whisper. And here's the deal about this whisper. It, and this is so important to realize, the, the, the deal about this whisper, it can easily be ignored by us. It can easily be ignored by us. We can easily dismiss it or blow it off. But when we do that, we miss God speaking. 
<laughs> I mean, this is huge. For me, this, this was without a doubt the biggest barrier in my ability to hear the Spirit speak. For years in my walk with God, even as a pastor here, for years, I, I believe God speaks to people. I, I, believe, I've, I have long believed that God still speaks today, that he speaks to us. But also for years, I wasn't hearing his voice. And I got really frustrated about that. I got really frustrated. Why wasn't God speaking to me? He seems to be speaking to other people, but not to me. Why not? And through a series of events and experiences, I talk about some of these in the book, but through a series of events and experiences, I began to discover that that God was speaking to me. He was. He had been speaking to me all along. I just hadn't been attentive. I was expecting something dramatic, something that could not be ignored, you know, a vivid HD quality picture coming to mind, you know, or, or, or a strong, you know, loud, audible voice that was crystal clear, Alan, I want you to turn right at that intersection or whatever. That's what I was expecting. But what I discovered was that God doesn't usually speak to us in those dramatic, obvious ways. Rather, he most often speaks to us in a gentle whisper. Now, what do I mean by that, practically speaking? What I'm talking about is something that happens internally in our hearts or our minds. It happens internally. The way the Spirit most often speaks is by, is, and this is the language that is helpful for me, is by dropping into our heart or mind a thought or a scripture reference or a picture or a line from a song or a phrase. And as we're being attentive to that, it's something that, as we're being attentive to the Lord, it's something that just comes to our mind or heart. Almost out of the blue, really. It comes out of the blue. And it's something that we could easily ignore, and we probably have hundreds of times over. Because it's not the dramatic. We just, we just ignore it. Because it just kind of drops in our, uh, we'll just kind of dismiss it. But now, because we're going to be attentive, right? Now, we choose to not ignore it. We pay attention to it. We, we let our mind just kind of th- sit on that a while, or our heart just kind of sit on that phrase or that picture to see if it gains traction. Uh, I'm going to explain what I mean by that in just, just a couple minutes. But let, let me just share an example of what I'm talking about, something that happened to me a while back. I, I was talking on the phone with a really good friend of mine. He lives out of state, and he was sharing with me about his marriage, um, about how he and his wife had been struggling in, in their relationship. She just didn't seem very happy. They, everyone else would look at that and say they were doing well marriage-wise, so it wasn't you know any huge thing people would notice, but they just weren't connecting very well. And so he asked me to pray for them. Would you pray for my marriage? I said, absolutely, I'd be happy to. So the next morning, um, in my time alone with God, I, I began to pray for them. But instead of what I, what I usually do is just pray, Lord bless so-and-so, help their marriage. You know, I usually would pray that way. But this time, I, I, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to take a moment and I'm just going to listen to see if the Lord has anything for them. Um, if there's anything that the Lord wants to bring to my mind. And so as I quieted my heart and was just being attentive, this picture came to my mind totally out of the blue, a picture of a bulldozer, totally out of the blue. And, and, and now it, was just, it was just a fleeting thought. 
Um, I wasn't thinking of bulldozers, right? So it was this, it came out of the blue, fleeting thought. It wasn't an HD color, you know, this vivid, I could see the right, it wasn't anything like that. It was not this dramatic image. It was just sort of, it just sort of dropped in my mind, this picture. Now in the past, I probably would have ignored that. I would have dismissed it. Why would a bulldozer come to my mind? I don't know. Oh, I'll just forget it. But since I had asked the Lord specifically to speak, I paid attention to that. And as I did pay attention to it, it kind of became a little clearer in my mind. You know, it started to have a, a little more weight to it. I, I felt it more strongly. I thought, I don't, this, this may be from the Lord. So later that day, I emailed my friend and I said, hey, I was praying for you guys this morning and I had this picture come to my mind. I don't know what it means. I'm just going to pass it on to you. I had this picture of a bulldozer come to mind and I feel like I'm supposed to share it with you. Well, he responded in an email kind of making a joke out of it, you know. Um, and, and, but later, and later on, he actually admitted to me that his initial thought was, oh, there's Alan doing that weird listening prayer thing again, you know. Um, well, a couple days later, he and his wife were having dinner, and they started talking about their marriage and just that it had just not been good, you know, and it's been hard. And at one point, she said to him, you know, you, you don't really listen to me. You, you ask me what I think but you already have your agenda and what you want to do. And what I, what I say really doesn't matter. Now, he was politely listening, you know, to her, uh-huh, uh-huh, but feeling defensive. And so he was preparing his response in his mind to argue the point, right? He was preparing his response when all of a sudden she said, I feel like you're a bulldozer. Just focusing on moving your own agenda forward. And he, he told me later that at that moment, it was like someone had hit him in the gut physically. The spirit broke through his own blindness and defensiveness. He suddenly saw the truth of what she was saying. She'd been saying it for months probably, but he suddenly saw it and he heard it. She'd been saying it for a long time, but finally he heard. I mean, tears came to his eyes. He admitted she was right. He told her how sorry he was for the hurt that he had caused, and he genuinely meant it. Their marriage has completely turned around. It was a huge breakthrough. And you can ask him, if he, I've asked him recently, he, he said the same thing. That moment was a huge turnaround for their marriage. She now feels heard and cared for in a way she didn't before. And it all happened as a result of a bulldozer image coming to my mind during prayer. If we want to grow in our ability to hear the Spirit's voice, we need to pay attention to the thoughts, the words, the phrases, the pictures, the scripture references that come to mind. Rather than just dismiss them, we need to pay attention to them. Because even in the moment, they may not have any meaning to you. It doesn't mean the Lord isn't speaking. You know, whereas previously we would have ignored these things, now we pay attention to them as possible divine whispers, as ways in which the Spirit may be speaking. Now, now, in the book, I, I talk about a, a, a great way to begin growing in this, and, and that's by asking God questions. I mean, I think this is a little easier than just saying, okay, I'm going to listen to the Lord. 
Lord, you can speak to me about anything in the universe. I'm just going to listen to you. You know, that, that's hard. It's sometimes it's just hard to hear when we don't really have any specific direction. Um, I mean, we want to be attentive to that, but sometimes it can help when we, when we um, ask God a question. So what I mean by that is next time you spend time alone with God, just take a minute, a moment or two, a minute or two, a couple minutes or whatever, quiet your heart and then ask God a question. Now, for, and I'm talking about, I mean, you can ask him a specific question. Am I supposed to quit my job or not? I mean, I find personally those are, I don't hear the Lord as well. When I'm really trying to make a specific decision like that, you know, a lot of times when I'm hearing for other people, it's easier to hear for other people, but it's harder to hear it, that specific thing. But I do find questions that are helpful or are questions like one that I suggest is, is this question. It's a, more of a friendship question. God, when you look at me, what do you see? When you look at me, what do you see? It's just a friendship question. And I think part of the problem with those specific questions, am I supposed to quit a job or not? It's just so hard to be objective because we have all these emotions attached to it too and all that. So these friendship questions are ways just to open our heart and be attentive. God, when you look at me, what do you see? And then wait and pay attention to anything that comes to your mind. Thought, words, pictures come to mind. Pay attention to them and just write them down. Don't worry about evaluating these things, whether it's in the Lord or not. Don't worry about it. Just write down whatever you're hearing because you can evaluate it later. What we're trying to do in this exercise is just get the pump going. Right? We're just trying to be attentive. We're trying to get our hearts open to and receptive to the voice of the Spirit. And it just takes practice. It just takes practice. Again, we've probably been ignoring these things for a long time. These thoughts or words or song lyrics that come to our minds. We, we haven't realized that they might actually be from God. But now, we're going to be more attentive, right? I really believe that as you practice being attentive, being attentive, you're going to realize that the Spirit of God is speaking to you. In our more group last week, uh, someone shared about how during a really difficult season in her life, in the midst of battling with depression, she was crying out to God and reading the Bible. And in the midst of that, this phrase came to her mind. And it was a phrase from Isaiah 58 about you will be a well-watered garden. And it, it resonated, that phrase just resonated in her heart. When she heard it, and I mean, her spirit just resonated. And in that moment, she really felt like the spirit was speaking to her a promise for the future, for her future. So she hung on to that as she continued to battle depression and walk through that season of depression, which continued for, for a significant season. But now, the, years later, she is seeing, now she's seeing that passage played out in her life. That phrase played out in her life. Again, are, are we paying attention to these gentle whispers, these thoughts or phrases or pictures the Lord may be speaking to our hearts? Are we paying attention? Okay, so we've talked about the importance of expectancy and the importance of attentiveness. Let me mention one more critical aspect of our learning to hear the voice of the Spirit, and that is discernment. Discernment. I mean, anytime we start talking about hearing God speak, there arises this question, and some of you are probably already thinking this. I totally get it. The question is, how do we know it's him? How do we know that thought's from God and not related to what I had for dinner last night or whatever, you know? Or how do we know that's not the enemy trying to deceive me? That's a great question. 
It's a very important question. And in order to answer it, I want to go back to Jesus' words in John 10, 27. Look again at this. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, notice how Jesus refers to us. My sheep, I know them. I mean, he's speaking here of a close relationship where he cares deeply for us. Earlier in the chapter, Jesus contrasts himself, the good shepherd, with the hireling, with the, the one who's hired to do the job. And clearly, someone who's hired to do the job, a shepherd doesn't care to do a job as shepherd, doesn't care as much about the, the real shepherd, the owner, who does care about his sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. He, he laid down his life for us, his sheep. He knows us. He loves us. We are in relationship with him. As shepherd, it is his responsibility to guide us and lead us. Now, the the reason I want to highlight this is because I find that many Christians, many Christians seem to have more faith in Satan's ability to deceive them than they do in Jesus' ability to speak to them. Some Christians are so afraid that Satan's going to deceive them. They have more faith in Satan's ability to deceive them than they do in God's ability to speak to them. We can become so fearful of being deceived that we miss out on hearing our shepherd's voice who loves us and who cares for us. So Jesus' words in John 10 remind us that he cares cares way more about guiding us than we even care about being guided. He is a loving shepherd. We we need not live in fear of being deceived. We can trust him. And if we do wander off, he is well able to get us back on the path. He wants us to learn how to listen to his voice. Now, in saying that, we do need discernment. We do need discernment because things may come to our mind or our heart that are not from God. So how can we recognize those things? How can we discern those things? Well, there are a couple of tests that I think are really important for us to utilize anytime we're attempting to listen to the Spirit. First is the Scripture test. The Scripture test. Here's the Scripture test. Does what I'm hearing align with the Bible? If someone is, is hearing God say, you know, it's okay to sleep with your boyfriend since you love each other, we can know that's not God speaking. I don't know how much of a peace you have in your heart. It doesn't matter. That's not God speaking. God's word is clear that sexual involvement is a gift from him to happen in the context of a committed love relationship known as marriage. So in the scripture test, we're simply evaluating whether or not what we're hearing violates any principle or teaching in the Bible. That's the scripture test. Second test is what I call the tone test. The tone test. Remember earlier, we talked about how God speaks in a gentle whisper. And that says volumes about the way the Spirit speaks to us. When the Spirit is speaking, his voice is gentle, not condemning. The tone is loving, not bullying. We need to pay attention to the tone of what we're hearing. If, if, if it feels forceful and guilt-ridden and condemning, you know, we can know that it is not of God. Because when God speaks, we know it's going to be loving. Now, it may be direct, 
I'm not saying oh, God never says anything that, you know, maybe he's not direct or true. You know, no, it may be direct. We may, be, we may sense some conviction about it, but it is not in a bullying way. It's not in this guilt-ridden way. It's a loving way. He can be, still be direct with us, even pointing out some area of sin in our life or whatever. He can be direct, but loving. And I think we all know the difference between a condemning voice and a loving voice. God can say hard things to us, but do so in a way that communicates his love for us. And so it's vital that we pay attention, not only to the what we're hearing, but we pay attention to the tone. We pay attention to the way it's being communicated to us. Another test to utilize is what I call the resonance test. Does this resonate with me? or with other people who know me. You know, earlier I mentioned that when a thought or a picture comes to, my, to, to mind, it may initially be a fleeting thought. You know, something we could easily ignore, like a bulldozer in the middle of a prayer time, right? So, so what I've found is that it helps to just think about that for a moment. Just think about it. And usually when you do that, one of two things will happen. One, it just kind of goes away. It just sort of disappears and, you know, it just goes away. Uh, it, doesn't, and it doesn't feel like it has any import, any traction to it. That's fine. Or two, it stays with you. And the more you think about it, the, the weightier it feels, the more, um, the, the more it seems to gain traction. When that happens, pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. It may be that the Spirit is indeed speaking to you. Okay, the bottom line of all this, it's relationship. This isn't a formula. It's relationship. The Spirit of God wants to speak to you. He really does. Do you believe that? <laughs> Do you believe that? I can honestly say that for Raylene and I, learning how to better hear the Spirit speak has been life to our souls. It has deepened our level of intimacy with God. It has opened doors for ministry to others, which we're going to talk about next week. And hearing the Spirit's voice has helped us get through some really difficult seasons in our lives. To, to know that God is that close and he cares that much. I wouldn't trade that for anything. I wouldn't trade it for anything. So don't let fear keep you from enjoying what truly is the birthright of every believer in Jesus, the privilege of hearing his voice, the privilege of hearing his voice. Let's pray together. Let's just quiet our hearts before the Lord. Just quiet your heart before him. And all of our campuses here, just quiet your heart before the Lord. Father, thank you for your word that is so clear that you, Holy Spirit, you live in us and that Ordinary people hear your voice. It's from page one of scripture all the way through the end. Example after example of people hearing your voice. This incredible privilege we have. And so I want to pray for us that, that, that our sense of expectancy would increase. 
I pray, Lord, for whatever reason that if we have said, oh, that's too weird or we're afraid of this or that or whatever, I pray, Lord, maybe we were taught that you don't speak this way anymore. I pray we would set that aside and that we would let your word inform us that you indeed speak this, you do indeed speak this way. We can expect you to speak. And so I pray for that right now. I pray for each one of us, our sense of expectancy would increase. And I want to pray as well for our attentiveness. Our attentiveness to your voice. Lord, you know, we admit, we kind of, sometimes we just expect that the way you're going to speak is in this dramatic vision or, or you know, this HD quality or lightning bolts or whatever. We, we, we acknowledge that and yet we realize so often it's just in a gentle whisper and, and sometimes we're just too busy or we're just not paying attention so we pray right now we would, we would be sheep who pay attention and who are attentive to their shepherd. That's what we want to be. And so I pray for that, Lord. I pray for that to happen. And you would help us grow in this. In fact, let's just try it for a moment. You can just quiet your heart. This is between you and the Lord. And let's just ask the Lord that question I mentioned a moment ago. Just to encourage you in the quiet of just ask the Lord this question and then wait. And just see what comes to your mind or heart. Here's the question I want you to ask the Lord. When, God, when you look at me, what do you see? See, we're just learning to be attentive. Maybe you didn't hear anything. That's okay. Honestly, it's okay. Again, it took me a long time to learn, and I still struggle at times because our minds can be racing in all sorts of different directions. So just be, extend grace to yourself. Be patient. It's okay if you didn't hear anything. Others of you, maybe you saw a picture, or maybe you heard just one word, like faithful or something like that. I would encourage you just to sit on that, just to think about it, write it down somewhere and maybe later just give some thought or attention to that and see if indeed you feel like that, yeah, that, I believe that was from the Lord. And there may be others of you and what you heard was kind of in a condemning tone. Pay attention to that in terms of the, the tone and if, it, if you feel like it was condemning, you're a jerk, you're whatever, again, these tests that I was talking about, dismiss those things. Sometimes we can be so used to feeling like God is disappointing us that, that we need to really have the Spirit turn up the volume of His voice because we're so used to hearing these other things that are not true. And so that's, that's a part of the learning process too. And so, Father, I want to thank you for your Spirit that lives in us and for, for teaching us and being committed to teaching us how to hear your voice. And so we pray for that. 
We pray that we would grow in our experience of this, that we would grow in this, in our, in our, those that are in more groups, that you would help us this week as we're talking about this and that you, you, we could encourage each other to not give up and just to press in. I pray for patience as we're learning this. And I, I pray that you would help us grow and there would be a lot of grace, from, which is what you do, Lord, a lot of grace in this process. So we, we just want to hear your voice, Holy Spirit. We want to grow in this. So thank you for being a good shepherd and for inviting us into this journey. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Lord. You know, let me, well, well um, I just encourage you just with your head bowed, your eyes closed, you can just continue to enjoy the presence of the Lord. And, but I want to give an invitation. I like to do this most every week. Just, there may be some of you here and uh, maybe you don't even know why you're here exactly, but you know that God is calling you and that you need him. Maybe you're in the midst of just an emptiness of soul or a struggle or, Life's not going the way you, you intended, you thought it would, and you know what you need is forgiveness. You need a relationship with this God who loves you, and Jesus extends that to you. He died on the cross for your sin and my sin and our mess-ups and failures. He died for all that. And so I want to invite you right now, just in a, I'm going to give you a simple prayer, offer a simple prayer. You can pray along with me in the silence of your heart if you would like to place your trust in Jesus. So pray with me in the silence of your heart. Dear God, I admit that my life is empty and I'm running after all sorts of things that aren't satisfying. I know what I need is you. And even though I couldn't get to you, you sent your son Jesus to come to me. Jesus, you died on the cross for me. You paid the penalty for my sin, for all of it all my sin, past, present, future, you paid the penalty for all of that and I bring to you all of that and I open my heart to you right now. I ask you to forgive my sin and come live in me forever. I place my trust in you alone, Jesus. Change me from the inside out. So, Father, I pray for anyone who prayed that prayer. I pray they would grow in their relationship with you. They would grow in their relationship with you. Thank you for a new life. Thank you, God. Now, for all of us, we want to respond to the the Lord by um, standing um, and worshiping. The worship team is going to lead us. So why don't we stand at all of our locations. Please stand. Intercessors are available. They're wearing red lanyards. They're, they're um, around the room. You can receive prayer at any point. Just slip out of your seat and go to them and receive prayer. You can then come back to your seat and continue to worship. So Lord, set us free right now to worship you. Set us free. Holy Spirit, come and pour out your love and your grace. And even if you want to speak, Lord, we are attentive to you. We love you, God. We love you. Thank you.